I don't think either will be back this week, next week, possibly. I'd say that's the soonest that either one could be back. Cliff Kingsbury yesterday, the head coach of the Cardinals. Who was he talking about? Uh, he was talking about a couple of offensive linemen in that soundbite. Rodney Hudson and Will Hernandez, who've both been out for extended periods. Hudson longer than Hernandez. I know there was some hope maybe going into the bye. There was a thought, hey, we'll get, we'll get some health on the offensive line. We know DJ Humphreys is out for, for the rest of the year. Um, but no, not this week. And we got a better chance of Kate Hudson playing center <laughs> for the Cardinals in the last couple of weeks than Rodney Hudson dragging himself out I've there. never been I'm, a fan I'm, of her hand placement uh, in, uh, in pass I'm, blocking. Listen, oh. I'm, I'm joking, obviously, but I, 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 does, does anybody expect him to roll out there for fi- two meaningless games or three meaningless games? I, I was pretty sure we were done with... I mean, I, I thought we'd never see Rodney Hudson play again. I thought so, but, it, you know... Hey, th- surpri- that's the other surprise thing. Surprise me. Surprise me. We haven't talked about this very much. And since we're on the offensive line and since we're talking about Rodney Hudson and injuries, the Cardinals on two different occasions this year have had injured offensive linemen that languished just on the active roster for four to five weeks and then were placed on injured reserve. Yes. And I don't know if that is... It could be nothing more than... Hey, these these players did not respond to treatment as well with these injuries. Maybe they were more serious than we first thought. But to do that with forty percent of your starting offensive line, we're hoping, we're hoping, we're hoping, we're hoping. hoping. Uh, oh, by not, the way, he's going on injured yeah. reserve. That doesn't happen a lot. You noticed that too. I did because it was like when they, when they, when they don't go on IR, you have the hope they're back the next week. And then you have the hope they're back the following week. So you have this ongoing hope, 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 hope. And then it's like you're kicked, to, like you're trying to climb this mountain, right? With the mountaintop being a return to the field. Mm-hmm. So as a fan and a follower of the team, like a guy like DJ Humphreys, you're like, okay, maybe Hump's back this week. Maybe Hump's back this week. And all of a sudden you get the news he's on IR. It's like you're kicked right down to the bottom of the mountain. Like, what the hell just happened here? Well, I assumed he was progressing. I assumed he was improving. And I know you can't just say, okay, you're hurt, you're going on injured reserve, because then you're gone for four weeks. But you have NFL teams that have way more flexibility than they used to have. This year, even more so with these new rules where you can come back, uh, you have the designation to return, a certain number of those. I mean, you remember a time where you went on injured reserve. That's it, done. baby. Yep. <laughs> you're not coming back. You're out for the year. Uh, I th- that's something that we haven't talked about that I think has frustrated a lot of Cardinals fans this year too. Yeah, and all I can they have a lot of medical staff, a lot of medical personnel, a lot of trainers working on these guys. I'm sure they're with with one goal in mind: get these guys healthy and get them back on the field. Mm-hmm. As long as the player is all in, and we assume for 99.9 percent of the guys. In that locker room, the idea is to get back on the field as soon as possible, Mm -hmm. that that's the common goal. So when a guy like DJ Humphreys doesn't go on IR, you assume DJ's like, I'll be good to go next week. I'll be good, man. I'll be good next week. Then he's not good. And then eventually the team has to say, all right, look, we need... We we need a body, DJ. You're not you're not getting better. Mm -hmm. The best thing we can we've 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 hung on long enough. And you're not responding to treatment. You're not able to play. We it's, remember this is a this is a roster spot issue. Yeah. Because you go on IR, 
we can get a body in here. Mm-hmm. And that's what the team ultimately decides to do. At other positions, Cliff Kingsbury updating the wide receiver spots. Rondell Moore, Greg Dortch. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that um, at least one of those guys will be ready. Dortch um, has made big strides, so I think he'll uh, have a chance to go. And the cornerback position with Byron Murphy. I'd say he's day-to-day. Yeah, he, he's talked to him today. He said he, he's feeling better. I don't know if he'll make it in time for the game, but definitely improved. Uh, yeah, so it looks like Dortch ready to play. Ronda, he didn't sound uh, by omission as, as optimistic about Rondale Moore, which has been something that's frustra- been frustrating about Rondale Moore's early career, too. He's hurt too much, Vinny. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's call it what it is. Now, maybe it's, maybe it's unlucky. That would be a, a, a good way to look at it. That would be the positive outlook. He's had some bad luck. Uh, the other side of the coin is it's a trend. Uh, that this is a young man who just can't stay healthy. And it's always kind of the same thing. It's a little tweak. It's a little pull. It's a little aggravated injury. Can't get out there. And it's, it's, hurt, it's hurting him and it's hurting his team. Yeah. Um, you got you, 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 you to be available. The best ability is availability. He's not available enough. I would agree with that. And now, may, may, listen, maybe he's going to have great health the next three, four years in his career, and these first two years will be a blip and nobody will ever talk about it again. But the data we have through two years is he's hurt too much. We'll even go and back that, to the latter part of his, his college career at Purdue. Yeah. I mean, his big breakout was, was early in his career. Yep. So this goes back This goes back to the – and that was kind of the knock on him at Purdue is like, you know, not available enough. So that's got to change. Yep. It doesn't matter really for the end of this year. But starting next year, Rondo Moore's got to be on the field more. Yeah. Um, if you were to list guys who have risen above the muck for the Cardinals this year, individually having good years, um, it's a you know it's a pretty short list. Buda Baker will probably be the first name mentioned. I think Zach Allen on the defensive line has had a very good year. Um, he continues to to improve in in my opinion. Uh, he spoke to the media yesterday too on that very subject on having a good individual season. While the team is struggling, here's Zach Allen's thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, it's just you just try to go week in, week out, help the team, and um, you know, it's you know, it's not totally out of it. You know, I mean, I, I know everybody kind of wants to put you know, you know, the bury us right now, but you know, there's we're not eliminated yet. You know, we still have a chance. So I know just all of us, we're just going to do whatever it takes, in, you know, to still make playoffs. And he kind of hinted that at there, but how he approaches personally the last five games of the year. Yeah, I think you know, obviously, right now. It's just all on the Patriots. I mean, just week by week, I think, you know, a lot of it is, uh, you know, probably, you know, you just can't think like that. can't think too far ahead, think about what ifs and stuff like that. So none of it matters if we don't handle our own business. So, um, yeah, everything's on New England right now. I want to rewind a little bit and get your thoughts on something uh, that occurred a few weeks ago. When, when Hard Knocks premiered, and you heard Zach Allen talk about it there, it's week to week, and that's the cliche, and that's usually, usually the, the MO of most NFL teams. Week to week, we're just focused yeah. on the opponent in front of us. When Hard Knocks started, and I actually liked this approach from Cliff Kingsbury, the first scene they showed in Hard Knocks was Cliff Kingsbury addressing the team with a, a slide up that had the next three opponents, all like, division opponents. You like that, huh? I, I did at the time. I don't, it's it, funny, I did, I did not. Because it wasn't the, the week-by-week, day-by-day mantra yeah. that every team followed? Yeah, the focus should be on the Seattle Seahawks, mm-hmm. not big picture. I actually talked about it. And to be fair, he may have done that, and we just saw the clear sure. of the big picture sure. part of the speech. Yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like looking ahead to the 49ers and playing for first place. 
It might have been followed up with, but none of this matters if we don't win this week, it and might, that's what we should be. And that, it might have been, but I, I, yeah, I, I believe that we, we're, not, we're not thinking about the 49ers in first place. Our focus is the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday. Like that's what Bill. That's Bel- a lot of S's, though. That's Sounds what Bill funny. Belichick would have done. He wouldn't have been talking about a game three weeks no, later. Or two, yeah, we're not, we're not, think, we're not thinking about no, but I think the way, it was, Monday night Mexico, the way it was shown, and if it was presented that way in in totality by Cliff Kingsbury, was look, it was basically saying we've been awful so far, but th- this is what's in front of us, and if we navigate through this, we can get to where we want to go. I, I I I again at the time, I liked the carrot being put out there. Did it work? No. They went one and two in that stretch. Right? They choked on the carrots. They did. Right, because he didn't follow my advice. <laughs> my man ring on the phone. <laughs> Cliff, don't don't have him looking ahead to Mexico City. They're going to stub their toe against the Seahawks. Look, I told you. <laughs> have you subscribed to the Bickley and Murata podcast? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. Never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley and Murata podcast. It's brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Coming up next, the NBA's best team in town and an opportunity for the Suns to bounce back from a real stinker. We'll get into some Suns-Celtics talk next. Bickley and Murata mornings with Tim Ring in for Bick all week long here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. He goes in for a wham, bam, slam. Suns Day brought to you by Coco 5. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I don't put too much credence into uh, this part of the season, especially considering the amount of players that are out for the Suns, right? And look, the reality is Luka's a very special player and this game got away, but I do think if the Suns are completely healthy, you won't see what you saw last year, frankly, if they're healthy. That's Jay Williams from ESPN Radio on with uh, Wolf and Luke yesterday here on Arizona Sports talking about uh, where we are in the regular season and you could even extrapolate what Jay Williams said, uh, and maybe you believe it, maybe you don't. Don't put this too much credence into this part of the regular season because of everybody who's out for the Suns, but that also branches out to other teams. Um, the NBA is not, <laughs> for a lot of players, it's not an 82-game grind anymore. Uh, you, don't, you don't see a lot of players in there every night. It's very rare to see a matchup between two teams at full strength, even at this point in the season. No, and, and I, I heard that interview live yesterday, and, and Jay was really specifically talking about the Mavericks game. Mm-hmm. Because Luke and Wolf were kind of hitting him like, whoa, should we should we be concerned about what happened Monday night in Dallas? And Vinny, we, we talked about it yesterday right here. Should we be concerned? And and I, I think I said the same thing myself. I mean, if if Chris Paul and Cam Johnson were out there and they got waxed like that, yeah. maybe be a little more concerned. I don't think I still would be. It's just one game. But certainly when the Suns are without Paul and Johnson and even Torrey Craig on that bench and you, you have to start Ish Wainwright. Remember, I brought that up about three times. I mean, the guy goes from not even being a part of the rotation, yeah. really, into the starting and, lineup. And Ish Wainwright's the, the fourth different power forward they've started this year. In a right. Game. I mean, that's just... You never want to you never want to get beat that badly. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 be clear on that. No matter who you have out there, but cause for concern? No, no. A Monday night in Dallas, down a couple starters, down a couple bench pieces. No, you do you don't you don't you don't pull the fire alarm after a game like that. And that's what Jay Will was saying, and I I totally agree. Yeah, but tonight as a nationally televised game between two the the top two teams in each conference, the the Celtics. 
Man, they've won a lot of games. 20-5 and five so far. Their big two, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, are playing at all-time levels for them right now. Tatum is uh, one of the front runners at this point. Take it for what it's worth for, for the MVP. Devin Booker on the other side for the Suns has played like an MVP. Jay Williams also talked about how Devin Booker's playing at this point of the season. I know so much of the MVP talk will be around, you know, Luka Doncic and company and, and what Steph is doing and other players. But Devin Booker has 681 points in 26 games, man. That's a Phoenix Suns record, okay? And he's like one or two percentage points off of 50, 40, 90. The, the load he's carrying right now is exactly what you want to see from your star player. And staying in games and finding ways to win games. The load he's carrying right now, yes, very impressive, but we talked so much going into the season, and this might change too. Lightening the load on Chris Paul. But maybe Chris Paul, the possibility of him coming back tonight, too, is toward lightening the load at this point on Devin Booker. Devin Booker's only 26 years old. He prides himself on being available, playing heavy minutes, being out there for his team. But it doesn't make him impervious to the effects that that workload has on him. Not only did the Mavericks knock down just a ton of threes, obviously, on on Monday night, but the Suns in that first quarter... They missed a lot of shots going to the rim. And were the Mavericks playing unbelievable defense? I mean, I don't know, maybe. But the Suns coming off a, a back-to-back game two, they they were certainly not themselves and missed a ton of shots going to the rim, missed a ton of shots that they would normally make. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, they were not themselves offensively early in the game, and they never quite found themselves all game. You fall behind 33-15 against a team like the Mavericks that were shooting the ball the way they were. Uh, That game was pretty much over after one. So, having said that, I expect the Suns tonight, on their home court, with a day of rest yesterday, uh, are not going to shoot the ball like that. Booker's not going to shoot the ball like that tonight. I would agree. So, while I don't say they're going to come on and just beat the Celtics... You're going to see a much better version of the Suns offensively early tonight in the first quarter and subsequently throughout the game. And I suspect we'll see a very competitive game tonight and certainly a game that the Suns can win despite the fact the Celtics come in with a 20-5 and record. I expect a really competitive game tonight. I do, too, and a lot of that stemming from, hey, we, we didn't put out our best effort the other night against Dallas, uh, regardless of the personnel that's out there. The thing about I mean, Boston is a scary basketball team right now. They shoot more threes than anybody, and they've also got the highest three-point percentage for any team. And one of the things that stands out from the loss, you mentioned it, Tim, was the Mavericks shot very well from three-point range. They got a ton of open looks. Boston shoots it better and more than they do. They've got five players right now that are shooting 43% or better from three-point range. They shoot 40% as a team. 40% is the benchmark for an individual. If you're shooting 40% from three, you're elite. Malcolm Brogdon right now is shooting almost 50% from three-point range. Al Horford, 46%. Sam Hauser, who? 46%. Grant Williams, 45%. Derek White, 43%. And even some other guys, I mean, Tatum and Brown are both above 35%. That is something that the Suns are going to have to be way better at tonight. Again, regardless of who's on the floor, is guarding the three if they want to have any chance to beat Guarding the three and shooting the three. 
And, and because then, somewhat because surprising, too, I, I looked up the, the team stats. In terms of percentage, the Suns are third in the league in team three-point percentage. That is surprising. 38.4%. Still hmm. almost 2% uh, less than, than Boston. They just don't shoot it with the same regularity. Boston puts up eight more per game. Tatum, 30 points a game. Brown, 26. They've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, say six guys averaging in double figures. So they're going to be a load. They do play a little more traditional offense as opposed to that Mavericks where one guy is ball dominant that for some reason the Suns can't seem to solve. Mm-hmm. So it should be a little easier tonight for the Suns to traditionally defend man-to-man against the Boston Celtics. Interesting. It's certainly a team that had a ton of drama before the season, and it does not seem to have affected them at all. Well, you remember the, the group of teams that had all the drama? Brooklyn, the mm-hmm. Suns were in that mix. Yep. Boston certainly was in that mix. Two of the three teams that uh, people had pinpointed on the drama scale have kind of navigated pretty well through it. Brooklyn, not so much. The the Suns and Celtics played a New Year's Eve day game last year in Boston. And I think it was maybe the low point of the regular season for the Suns. It was rough. I actually called that game on the radio with Al McCoy. And the Suns were... The Suns played as you would think they would play... Having traveled, having to have to travel to Boston and play a day game on New Year's Eve day, they were in that game for about forty-five seconds. <laughs> Here were some there, of the guys that saw action in that game, though. I mean, I Emmanuel mean, Terry, MJ Walker, what? Alfred Payton played ten minutes. They Remember were Alfred Payton. Yeah, they were they were stricken by COVID. I think Bismarck Biombo had just been signed, or was he signed shortly after? Shortly that? after. It was right after that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. They, MJ Walker was on the court. I mean that 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 game, that game was not it was not fun. Yeah, it was a fifteen point win for the Celtics too. Uh, and the Suns bounced back from that again. Uh, tonight, nationally televised game, eight o'clock tip, seven thirty pregame. You can hear it on the Arizona Sports app and ninety eight seven. Coming up next, not Sarah Cazell. Who's not with us today? But Jared Carlin will guide us through boo. the rush hour. <laughs> That's you, Jared. I didn't. Oh. I didn't boo you. Uh-huh. You'll guide us through the rush hour reboot next. Spickley Murata mornings with Tim Ring in here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. All right, it's me again. So much me. Oh my, I'm sick of myself already as well. Me But I'm here to fill in for Sarah Cazell who is on assignment today on the Rush Hour Reboot where we go through the top stories of the day. Jarrett, who is me? Market yourself. Get your name out there, man. Brand management. Come on. Well, I just did the update. So for anyone tuning in in that sweet, sweet 30-second window between the two, this is, my name is Jarrett Carlin. Follow me on Twitter, Jarrett, G-C-J-A-R-R-E-T-T-G-C. And today's top story... There's a kind us too. It's all about you. Oh well, okay. People know you. Why should anybody follow you when you don't follow anybody? I follow Vince Murata. So, Vince Murata is here and Tim Rings in for Dan Bickley. 
And the first story we'll talk about is the Arizona Cardinals impossible returning players from injury this week versus the Patriots. Cliff Kingsbury on Rondell Moore and Greg Dortch. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that um, at least one of those guys will be ready. Dortch um, has made big strides, so I think he'll uh, have a chance to go. Oop, have a chance to go. He's going to have a chance to get, get Rondell Moore, Will Hernandez. Yeah, um, I don't think either will be back this week, next week, possibly. I'd say that's the soonest that either one could be back. That was Rodney, but, Rodney Hudson and Will Hernandez. Rodney Hudson and Will Hernandez. What did I say? Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore again. No, Rodney Hudson and Will <laughs> Hernandez. Byron Murphy Jr. I'd say he's day-to-day. Yeah, he, he's talked to him today. He said he, he's feeling better. I don't know if he'll make it in time for the game, but definitely improved. So of those five players over the next few weeks, who are you most looking forward to seeing their return? Yeah. Uh, Byron, Byron Murphy Jr. Byron Murphy Jr. would yeah, probably be my pick as well. Uh, he's having a really good season, I thought. Uh, Surpri- in, like carrying that secondary that we were concerned about. Pretty much for the second straight year. <laughs> so much put on him. I think he's been, he was better this year than he was last year, so he's my answer. Hey, you know what? When he was out there playing, they were keeping... Opposing points down. Doing a really good job against opposing number one receivers. Yes. And since he's been hurt and then out. Remember, he was on a, he was on the injury list for a while, but he was still finding a way to get out there on the field on Sunday. But lately, not so much. And opponents have been putting points on the board. Mm-hmm. So if he can get back out there again, that would be good. I'm intrigued to see Rondell Moore play with Hollywood Brown and D-Hop. Because Rondell Moore was starting to show signs of life in this offense, like they might have figured out something. I'd like to see him come back and actually integrate. That's a a good pick, too. We haven't seen those three on the field together. Yep. All right, it is Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The Phoenix Suns play the Boston Celtics best team in the NBA. Will Chris Paul be out there? This is from the other day, Monty Williams. We hope. We don't know yet, and I don't want to put anything on that, but we hope that those guys are getting closer. Are they going to play? I don't know. You know, I can't even speculate on that right now. Um, But we'll find out more, get more information as we head home and and, um, evaluate everything. There's about Chris Paul and Tory Craig. First of all, two-part question. If Chris Paul does return, how do you want to see him utilized now, being that he's coming off yet another injury? How do you want to see him utilized throughout the season? Minute restrictions, days off, what do you think? Oh, throughout the season? Yeah, from I mean, going forward. I mean, listen, when he comes back now, we'd love to kind of ease him back a little bit. But, yeah. I mean, if Chris Paul's playing, he's playing. Ultimately, for me... I, I would I would prefer days off as opposed to minute restrictions during games. Yeah. Because you can't, I mean. If he plays, he plays. You can't, yeah. But if you're going to play, play all out in your normal your normal workload, which for him has been about 30 minutes um, as a Phoenix Sun. I don't want to say, oh, you're going to play every game, but you're going to go back to 20 minutes per game. Nah. Um, days off works better. Even though I don't think he likes them very much. In fact, I know he doesn't like them. But you got to do what's best for the team at this point. And I would also like him to start integrating himself again as one of the primary scorers mm. on the team. Uh, he kind of has been easing into that role. 
being more of a distributor when, I don't he, want, when he was in there? I don't know if primary is the word I'd use. One of. I'd go tertiary. Ooh. I still don't want him to be shooting the ball 20 times per game. Okay, but, And his season high in the in the 10 games he played was 16 points. I, He's I only had one game of 50% shooting or better. I know, but Vinny, when, the, when, when, it, when, when it goes down on the street in late May, they're going to need him. Yeah. Okay? They're going to need him. And he can't just flip that switch in late May. So as we ease into March and flip the April, switch off. We've seen that. I mean, I'm not saying that he needs to go 14 for 14 in a playoff game to close out the opposition yeah. yep. like he did in New Orleans. But they're going to need him to be a scorer at some point when the chips are down. I can see okay. that. All right. The Suns play the Boston Celtics. Uh, if you had to bet on one team right now to win the NBA championship, would it be the Boston Celtics? And if not, who is your favorites? Ooh, I thought you were going to say, would you bet on the Suns or the Celtics? Um, my answer there would be Celtics. Uh, I mean, do you think they're the best? Team? I mean, they have the best record for sure. They do. Um, you know, they got to the finals last year, so they have that experience. To me, that seemed kind of fluky. It's hard to get back. Um, Milwaukee's going to be a factor. Yep. All right, so while well, you think, yeah. I'll jump in. Go ahead. I think with Chris Middleton back and Giannis, my pick right now, December 7th, will mm-hmm. be the Milwaukee Bucks. It's funny. As the my Boston, NBA champion. Boston feels like they're, they're found the exact thing that, as the Suns. Yeah. Surprise run to the finals, followed by the try-hard team in the regular season with the best record by far. All right, finally, Aaron Judge signed a nine-year, $360 million deal to return to the Yankees. Other big moves. Justin Verlander goes to the Mets. Um, Trey Turner goes to the Phillies. Uh, what are your, what's your thoughts, just biggest takeaways from MLB free agency so far, and will the Diamondbacks do anything? Um, there's not going to be anything major in free agency. I know there's still the, the, the Xander Bogarts rumors are out there, and they've been shot down by several people, including somebody who works at our radio station. Yeah. I still think the D-backs are going to deal a, one of their young outfielders to try to improve another area. I think they have to because, for one, they, they've got a surplus, mm-hmm. and they got a surplus of left-handed uh, young yes, they do. outfielders. There's, it's just, the math doesn't work mm-hmm. on that. We can get more into that later. The other, the other takeaway, I joked about it earlier, the New York Yankees are just never going to be outbid on a guy that they want. They're, you can talk about the allure of, of the Big Apple, the allure of the, of the pinstripes, but at the end of the day, their, their coffers are so loaded that if they want you, they're going to go higher and higher and higher. And if a player if a player's fine playing there, the New York Yankees will not be outbid. This goes back to Winfield and Ricky Henderson. There are reports. There are reports that potentially the Padres and Giants did offer more money and he wanted to stay in, in the Yankees for yeah, comparable but less. He's had success there. He had a legendary season there, so he's not overwhelmed by playing on the big stage in New York where if he was coming from another team and the Yankees were after him, that doesn't always work out so great, does it, Giancarlo Stanton? I mean, right? <laughs> Yankees have had a long history of guys that have underachieved there from coming from other organizations in free agency. Uh, I did not expect Aaron Judge to be back, but you're right. They decided they couldn't lose him, and he's going back. Going and back. now they have 660, $685 million tied up just between two players. Between Cole and Judge. That's oh, my goodness. Crazy. <laughs> 
The haves and the have-nots. I remember when Nolan Ryan got a million dollars a year, and it yeah. was like, oh, my God. What's happening? Oh, my God. It's out of control. To, to play baseball. Now these guys get, you know, the starting pitchers get a million dollars a start. <laughs> That's true. The, the haves and the have-nots is so frustrating because, like, the Padres and the Rangers, like, these are the haves now. They're spending we could be money. haves like them, can't we? No. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the Rangers should never be a, a have-not. Dallas is like the sixth largest market in the country. And they've smaller than Phoenix. Three massive contracts they've signed in the last two off-seasons. Yeah. Yep. Simeon, uh, I don't buy the Seager, and now uh, DeGrom going there. Small market bull crap. Come on. Thanks, Jarrett. We're all rebooting. Thank you. Sarah, yeah, Sarah Cazell out. Jarrett Carlin pinch hitting on the Eat your heart out, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, you've been Wally Pipped. Coming up next. An NFL general manager with a very impressive resume has been fired in the middle of the season. we got to tie it locally, don't we? <laughs> Go ahead, Vinny. You tie it locally. <laughs> we'll tie it in locally. It's Bickley and Murata mornings. Tim Ring in for Bick today here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Marks. Two receivers stacked to the near side. Second and ten. Hurts backs up. Looking. Still looking. He is firing. And it is a touchdown. A.J. Brown. Hurts made it look easy. A.J. Brown did the escape act. Was wide open. And Hurts merely lobbed him the football. The legendary Merrill Reese WIP. One of two touchdowns by A.J. Brown last Sunday. The Eagles uh, beat up. On A.J. Brown's former team, the Tennessee Titans, 35-10. to In that game, A.J. Brown, in his first year as an Eagle, eight catches, 119 yards, and two touchdowns. A few days later, the general manager who engineered the draft night trade, sending A.J. Brown away from Tennessee to Philadelphia because contract negotiations weren't going smoothly there, uh, John Robinson was fired yesterday by the Tennessee Titans. John Robinson was in his seventh year as the general manager of the Titans. His team had never finished less than 9-7. and seven. In the six full years he was on the job, the Titans made the playoffs four times. They have a top-five winning percentage in the league during his tenure. And, oh, by the way, Tim, they're currently in first place. And he got fired. And, and a lot of people are speculating it's because of the visceral r- r- reminder that they traded A.J. Brown. It's, it's got to be more than that. And did they win the division last year? Yes. Did they win the division the year before last year? Yes. Okay. And uh, this a number one seed in there too. This this reeks of a poor relationship. Titans controlling owner Amy Adams, who I thought was great in Trouble with the Terrific. Curve. Terrific. Trouble with the Curve. I thought That's she was such great. a horrible movie. It is a terrible <laughs> movie. That was, of all the Amy Adams movies to pick, she's such a good actress. Julie and Julia. Come on, I'm much better in that one. I mean the Superman. Go ahead, Lois Lane. <laughs> yeah, super. I forgot about that. Enchanted. One. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Uh, that this, this reeks to me of a of a problem of a relationship problem between controlling owner, owner Amy Adams and uh, John Robinson. Does it not? Yes. I mean, but, you, but here's something you, else you to consider. Actual, I mean, AJ Brown catches two touchdowns, so let's fire the GM, even though we're in first place, even though you just signed him to a contract extension. That's the part. Last spring, February uh, of 2022, 
John Robinson got a contract extension. We don't know the parameters of that extension. It was never released. It could have been one year on top of it. Uh, but uh, unlike the situation with the general manager with the Arizona Cardinals, Steve Kime got a contract extension, and it was flaunted in front of everybody. He's here for a long time. Look at this. Um, and he, Steve Kime is under fire. There's no doubt about it. There's a, there's a faction of the Cardinals fan base that's got their torches out and wants him gone. And I'll say this. I don't think in any way the resume that Steve Kime has put up in 10 years as a general manager of the Cardinals holds a candle to what John Robinson did in Tennessee, and yet one of them is gone. No, I would say right now if the Cardinals are coming off back-to-back division titles and are currently in first place and Mike Bidwell fired Steve Kime, Cardinal fans would actually be pissed. Yeah, they would be. I mean, his, John Robinson, you look at his draft history, I mean, he's not flawless. I mean, but what GM is? So that's where I think it goes back to some type of butting heads in the front office. And it's got to be. If you want to, if you want, if, if if Amy Adams wants to blame John Robinson for not re-signing AJ Brown, and he scores two touchdowns against him, so the knee-jerk reaction is to fire him. I mean, at some point, a decision not to pay AJ Brown, maybe that was complete autonomy on John Robinson's part not to pony up the money. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about a major contract extension like that, isn't that an organizational decision? Wouldn't Amy Adams have been brought in on a decision? Hey Amy, how high do we want to go yeah. on AJ Brown? Like, would well, think. I, I would think that when you listen, she's not going to be brought in on a, what are we going to pay our, our our backup outside linebacker? I mean, some of that stuff has to be, you know, within the John Robinson realm of total autonomy. But when you talk about a a major contract a contract extension upwards of a hundred million plus, I would think that the controlling owner, in this case Amy Adams, would be brought into those conversations. Like, look, we we obviously we love AJ Brown mm-hmm. as a wide receiver. How high do we want to go? And it didn't happen. Instead, there was traded in there. It didn't happen. We trade him, and now suddenly you're fired because he scores two touchdowns against us. But it you, seems a little you, knee jerk. You me. talked about maybe the butting of the heads between Robinson and the ownership. This very well could be a John Robinson, Mike Vrabel butting of the heads. From that draft night trade, as soon as that trade was made, there's a gift that's circulating around, and ESPN cameras were in the Tennessee War Room when the trade was announced. You see Mike Vrabel kind of get up from his table, from his table, and kind of start pacing around, looking very agitated. Uh, maybe that was the visceral reminder that Mike Vrabel needed to cause a stink. Like, hey, this, we are not on the same page here. Him or me? Who's it going to be? Him or me? Yeah. And Mike Vrabel's had a very good run as the head coach of the Titans. Vinny, dare I say, organizational advocacy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> dare I not say it? The best Josh Burns impression I've ever heard. <laughs> you got to be old school to remember that one. Yes. That was Those were good times. <laughs> were they, though? No. <laughs> uh, it, it's a curious move. And look, I, I, even with an interim... GM Tennessee's going to win that division. Here was Adam Schefter with uh, more details on why he believes the Titans fired Robinson. This was very surprising. Again, he's been there for six seasons. The worst record that John Robinson and Titans ever have had during his six seasons there was nine and seven. But this is a situation where the owner was not particularly happy with John Robinson. And she decided to make a change this morning. And so she fired John Robinson a year after she gave him a long-term contract extension. He's got four years 
after this year on his contract. Now, a lot of people around the league have called up and asked all day long, wondering if there's something more to this, if something happened. And I've been told that that's not the case, that this is a simple decision of the owner wanting to go in a different direction. I think everybody remembers the A.J. Brown trade. They saw the Eagles this weekend, and A.J. Brown lit up the Tennessee Titans. But I think that the owner was not happy, entirely happy, about not being included in a lot of conversations, and I think she felt like she wanted to go in a different direction, and so they've appointed Ryan Cowden as the interim GM, and they'll wind up being in the GM market after this season. All right, interesting that Adam Schefter had the details of the length of that extension, because I hadn't seen that anywhere, and the original reporting coming out when that story broke in February was that they weren't announcing the, the terms of the extension, but that would have John Robinson through the 26th season as the GM of the Titans, so that's that's quite a chunk of salary if it's guaranteed for ownership to eat in that instance. It's just strange also to do it. It's Yes. Like if, if you do it before the trade deadline, okay, I want I don't want them to handle the trade deadline if you do it before the draft, but to do it in the middle of the season when it, there's really no difference between waiting until the end of the year. All right. Also, also, Amy Adams is not new on the job. She's been there since 2015. So if she were unhappy about not being brought in on major decisions which would be contrary to what I was just saying about, like, wouldn't she have been brought into the A.J. Brown decision, as she should have been? But she knew that prior to the extension. That Feels she, like something happened, she, right? Yeah, that she Definitely. wasn't, be, she wasn't being included on major decisions. Why did know. you give him the extension then? We'll see it on Hard Knocks. Then why did you give him the extension? <laughs> <laughs> what did you give him the $500 for? <laughs> I'm still appalled that the first Amy Adams movie you mentioned was Trouble with the Curve. Oh, yeah. boy. Oh, were you not a big Bo Gentry fan? Were you, uh, were you really buying Justin Timberlake as a, as a baseball broadcaster? Were you really buying that? That was like the broadcaster. I want the booth. <laughs> That's how we. Who talks like that? I may not I really be able to see, but I can hear that he met the curve. <laughs> the garage is getting smaller. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when you got the number one overall draft pick in uh, Major League Baseball and you're drafting high school kids, you're definitely looking for finished products. That's the part that I couldn't get past. Like, yeah, he's got some flaws in his game. He's 18 years old. Coach him up. <laughs> Stupid movie. Uh, coming up next. <laughs> he did. Timberlake did drive a pretty cool car, though. I like the uh, like that old school convertible. Yeah, tooling around the uh, Carolina leagues in. I have found it is very. I found it is very easy to appear cool on film when you've got writers. Got <laughs> 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 over next big game for the Suns tonight. Celtics in town. Will Chris Paul be back? We can cross our fingers, can't we? It's peanut boy! <laughs> peanut boy! <laughs> You've seen that movie more than once. What is wrong with it? <laughs> that is Tim Ring in for movie. Big Today here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.